Hello, industry colleagues. Welcome to the Quest for Excellence series hosted by Intellectus Consulting. In this new episode, we will feature another new interaction with one of the industry business leaders who has had sizable experience, especially in both the realm of consulting, strategy, digital transformation, and commercial excellence. As you are all aware by now, the Quest for Excellence series is an endeavor to raise the standards of pharmaceutical marketing excellence in our industry. Towards this, we feature interviews with our business leaders who have had sizable success and track record in building brands, businesses, and also transformational excellence for their organizations. Intellectus Consulting, right since its inception, has been passionately committed to the cause of raising the standards of marketing excellence, as well as improving the capabilities of our pharmaceutical marketeers. Towards this, we believe that the learnings which you would get through these episodes would help and establish and go a long way in building the fundamentals of marketing as well as commercial excellence for all our viewers. The domains on which we aspire to focus our interactions are leadership excellence, marketing excellence, strategy excellence, brand building excellence, and commercial excellence. Today, our guest is someone who brings in a very fine blend of not only the consulting piece, but also the understanding of business operations. And he's presently also driving digital transformation and strategic marketing excellence in his organization. Our guest for today is Mr. Sumit Channa, who is the head for commercial excellence digital transformation and strategy for CIPLA Limited. Sumit is a, chem a chemical engineer from IIT Delhi and an MBA from IIM Bangalore. He spent almost seven and a half years with Ernst & Young in his first assignment as a consultant advising life sciences and chemical industry clients on strategy, transformation, and also other major projects. After having worked in the consulting side of the business, he decided to join the life sciences industry and had a reasonable stint of about four to four and a half years with companies such as Jubilant, as well as Cadilla Pharmaceuticals Limited, and also uh, Dr. Reddy's in business head vertical roles. Presently, uh, Sumit drives strategy excellence, commercial excellence and digital transformation for CIPLA Limited. It's our pleasure to have Sumit be a part of this series. And I firmly believe that there is a lot that one can learn from his rich experience. So let's have and get on to the interaction with Sumit. 
Hi, Sumit. Good afternoon. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you, Shadesh. Hi. It's, Hi. it's so nice to uh, see you. And I, I <laughs> you have the beautiful Aurora Borealis lights in the background. <laughs> uh, that's uh, looking for the North Star. You're looking for the North Star. Brilliant. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I must I must tell you that um, when I was the uh, general director for the Russia CIS business for Glenmark uh, seven eight years ago, I still live in Moscow, and uh, so during the summertime we used to go to we used to head out to Saint Petersburg, which is right so close to the border with uh, Finland, and so we would see those beautiful aurora lights in the nights, you know, and it's an absolutely uh, heavenly feeling. <laughs> right. But did you get a chance to uh, spend yes. the night under the stars? Yes, yes, we did, we did. So, I, I, in fact, I, I was with family, so uh, it was a phenomenal experience in watching those lights. Uh, the yeah, yeah. It's oh, wonderful. Beautiful. It's around yeah. July, mid, mid to end July is when you get these lights. Yeah. Right. The oh. time when it's the peak uh, time, yeah. <laughs> Right, right. Thank you so much for coming uh, and agreeing to be a part of our series. Uh, Sumit, we are interacting for the first time, but I really appreciate your kindness, uh, you know, as a business transformation leader. I was very keen to have you on our uh, series because I have heard a lot about you. I have also seen your interviews and the kind of very, very forthright positions that you take, especially uh, on certain, uh, you know, contemporary issues facing our industry, uh, you know, like digital marketing, commercial excellence, etc. So I only thought it fit to have you. But honestly, Shailesh, I was not uh, aware about um, the in-depth conversation that we are going to have. When I looked at the questions, I realized that this is probably uh, for some experts in the industry. I am not an expert in the industry. <laughs> No, no, I don't no, want no. to even be one, pose to be one. Uh, no, no. There's just too much that's changing. You know, in this, in the... Yeah, no, no, it's fine. It's just an interaction. See, um, the point is um, we have only interacted briefly, um, you know, over emails and probably a little bit on WhatsApp, but I think it's a great opportunity to get to know each other and, uh, you know, use this platform to, you know, uh, bounce off or feed off on certain uh, ideas because that's something that I really look for. So my organization, I mean, I've spent about two and a half decades in the industry and uh, my organization, Intellectus Consulting, as you would know, is very passionately committed to building marketing excellence uh, in the industry. And we do a lot of work in form of structured interventions, right? In the form of, you know, workshops, in form of brand coaching assignments with clients, uh, webinars, blogs, and we take positions in industry-sponsored forums, etc. So another new initiative, as I outlined in my mail to you, is uh, you know to drive this quest for excellence series, where we are inviting heads of businesses, CEOs, VPs, cluster heads, commercial excellence heads, to share their thoughts and perspectives around you know certain domains of excellence. What does it take really to be a good leader, you know, in either leadership domain or strategy domain or marketing or brand building domain or even commercial excellence? So that's the reason why I said, let me have you and, uh, you know, uh, have a very nice candid conversation around what you feel are some of the things that, you know, uh, can be improved is actually working well in our industry. So me. Yeah. Sure, sure. No, no, absolutely. My pleasure. My honor, uh, Shadesh. Though we've not met before, I have heard about you from other sources. 
Okay. Uh, it's just that we've never got a chance to really interact. I I really don't know. We we've been in touch with some other consultants actually, yeah. and have been taking their services. Um, but I guess that's how it is. You know, sometimes yeah, absolutely. absolutely. There is something you don't cannot imagine why it didn't happen earlier. But yeah, I don't know that. There's there's never a perfect time, so it has to happen. It'll happen. So you know, the the destiny will obviously uh, be there at some point of time. but it's nice to have you uh, have you on our uh, you know our uh, platform and th- thanks so much once again sumit i want to straight dive into our interaction i'll keep it you know as comfortable so that because let me increase the fan for a minute sure sure <clears throat> yes so i i i i was very much uh, you know uh, curious uh, you know because i have seen uh, very few uh, colleagues in the industry who've had uh, you know academic uh, pedigree from ivy leagues like you <laughs> you know iits and iims which is the best combination and uh, of course you joined consulting like ernst and young spent about 7 7 1/2 years and then you decided to join the life sciences industry because you were already consulting with life sciences so i assume probably it would naturally gravitate to that but besides that anything any specific reasons that kicked you up and said i want to probably look at life sciences pharma as something as a starting point um yeah so there there has been uh, so see uh, shalish i am a chemical engineer from my right. basic qualifications uh, and having you know done it from uh, ivy league college iit delhi uh, right. and then not pursuing chemical engineering as a career uh you know always uh, stayed back with me and then i did my mba and then again was looking at other jobs you know it was it was always the back of my mind you call it guilt or you call it you know whatever um but i was always attracted towards the industry where you know i have my primary education um yeah so that was one reason why i was drawn towards the sector uh and that also helped me that in consulting i chose to you know focus on uh, this sector and naturally you know as a consultant you get a lot more exposure to uh, driving change from outside and you know, shalish as you have been a practitioner yourself you would know that driving change from outside is so different from driving change yes. inside absolutely um, so uh, when you see it from outside you can only do uh, you know a certain level of uh, impact and then you left wondering as to what will happen because the internal dynamics are not in your control um so after 7 years of consulting with eny uh, i reached a point where i felt that uh, you know i i must go on the other side of the fence because a lot of action is happening there and also it was a time where uh, you know information asymmetry days were getting over uh, so 2012 13 when uh, you know the tech boom was at a stage where you know data was easily available consultants no longer were in the position where they could uh, leverage data arbitrage to build consulting services so it made a lot of sense to be uh, within the organization and create you know, the change and impact that one wants to uh, so that helped me to uh, make up my mind nice nice i want to start a conversation around three broad heads or topics if you don't mind so meet one which is all what you currently do one is around i want to pick your brains on the aspects of strategic marketing excellence and how you see it stand today not just in the context of sipla but at an industry level 
I would also want to understand your perspective around building commercial analytics and more from the piece of data analytic driven decisions. Why the industry is still kind of you know hesitant or is not making strides as it should be, like say e-commerce or probably FMCG. And the third piece, or the last part, time permitting, is subject that I know is close to your heart, which I've heard you before as a speaker, is the digital transformation piece. Would that be all right? Would that be okay? Yeah. So, so let's dive into the strategic marketing uh, excellence piece, uh, Sumitra. And um, very often, you know, I, I uh, see that uh, there are a lot of, when I consult with clients, I coach brand managers, brand management teams, and you also head up that function, uh, thanks to uh, your experience. There are a lot of gaps uh, which brand managers typically exhibit in the strategic part of the business and marketing function, right? So when you talk about making strategic choices, life cycle management strategy, or talking about things like portfolio optimization, insights generation, you know, they are found wanting as compared to the, uh, you know, the other nice tactical doable stuff that really doesn't get those, the dollars, but it's just about a few pennies. And I see this across the board. I mean, whether it's well-built multinationals, Indian, what do you think could be the reason that, where do you see this? How can this get fixed? Because is this a problem you also encounter in your organization? It's something I want to do. And what do you do about it? Yeah. So, um, let me remain at the industry level first. Absolutely. Because as you said, this is an industry level challenge. Right. Um, and uh, I think for uh, just too much time, uh, pharma industry, branded genetics particularly, has uh, thrived on relationship-based marketing, uh, where uh, you know, as a function marketing, you know, always uh, was not at par with sales. Right. So that has been the historical context of pharma in India. Um, and that also explains why the tactical nature, you know, it was never strategic enough. Um, well, there were always exceptions and there are many case studies of very big brands being built well, uh, but then they are far and few. You, know, you can just count them uh, on your fingertips. Um, so that's the context and the environment in which, you know, it was always placed. And uh, accordingly, um, you know, I think marketing, folks who generally who joined the organization were always not very sure what's the learning curve and you know after a few years what next right. there was usually never much of a you know very clear cut uh, career path early on right. uh, off late though i think a lot of things have changed and right. uh, thanks to the fact that i think uh, first of all thanks to covid i would say because uh, content based uh, Content-led brand building, uh, you know, is a content is a new concept for the It has been there in bits and pieces, but the shift from relationship-based marketing to content-based marketing has only happened recently. Right. And, uh, so the importance of marketing, the relevance of uh, what uh, digital or you know direct communications can do to uh, customers, uh, that that potential is still being you know scratched uh, right. on the surface. Right. Um, uh, that ex also explains, you know, why marketing as a function is only gaining more and more uh, uh, prominence. Right. Uh, see, end of the day, either you can build sales volumes through sales levers, or you can introduce new brands, or you can build existing brands. Right. Yeah. So you've seen the market has, you know, hit an ex there's an extent to which you can increase volumes through sales levers. There's an extent to what you can have new introductions, and there's been a drying up of that for long. 
but to build existing brands you know remains as the largest lever which is unutilized because you require marketing to drive that sales cannot do that exactly um, and so all of these things coming together during covid you know it definitely uh, seems to be a step change for the industry uh, a lot of shifts in terms of roles careers uh, i personally see a lot of people who have moved on to larger roles because the value of marketing is better understood in their organizations uh, and there's no exception i think that that shift is happening across uh, and i think the adding to that is the whole digital uh, sphere which makes the communication accessible to doctors uh, instantly and your ability to uh, test marketing conditions a lot more faster than earlier what you know the non digital world would allow you to right um, but i guess there are so many other industries which have walked this path uh, and are much ahead like consumer products Uh, that many of those shades are yet to come in pharma uh, don't know how long that will take but uh, you know definitely that shift is slow and shailesh i think is just that the old levers have served the purpose for so long that there is an inertia at all levels um, whether you call it uh, you know customer digital maturity is not at that level right um, or simply the pharma companies don't have that you know digital maturity either way you know one can put it on any one side or maybe both the sides uh, but there is a need for uh, change agents to come in uh, you know shape that ecosystem and the behaviors right so naturally covid is doing that uh, you know right. once once things uh, go back to near normal uh, right. a lot would have already changed you know whether right. we like it or not whether we are prepared or not uh it would have been changed and that's the new reality towards which i think most pharma companies are trying to gear up to all right all right how important do you think sumit is the role of because of as you said and you alluded to in terms of marketing could do much more right for our industry how do you see the role of leadership senior leadership driving the agenda of marketing as a function right at all levels it's not just a ceo level but also cluster head vp because if he strongly and strategy driven or marketing driven the agenda gets diffused down and rather than just having a sales guy who's bringing in clocking in those numbers and has become by virtue of his performance at that level and second do you strongly believe that mentoring as a conscious effort in the marketing realm for our industry like many other industries which i am aware of is also something that can be you know uh, looked at and hastened to build more marketers effective marketers is that what do you think is there a possibility or do you what do you have to say no no for, for the for your organization to survive shelish it is critical that it happens <laughs> yeah But, uh, no naturally i am sure at every level why just yeah. marketing uh, coaching and mentoring uh, in all these functions is required and yes it makes hell of a difference if the leader is you know asking the right questions but i think in general uh, prioritizing and uh, uh, bring driving focus you know is something which uh, if the bu heads and you know senior leaders um, help do uh, that itself is a big deal i think the larger problem for marketing has been that we are expected to too many things in too little time Mm-hmm. Uh, really not able to give the attention to what is important you know so mm-hmm. our attention is always towards what is urgent mm-hmm. uh, so that that transition of course will come when the leaders are asking the right questions and staying uh, being consistent with what we started off right um, however i think the the need of the r is not stability right now or consistency it is agility 
considering that the context is same you know in in when the context was same then having consistent strategies and building brands would have been the right thing uh, but in today's world i mean just being on top of what uh, you know is relevant in terms of scenarios and working towards them is what i think the marketers are, are struggling with and i think that because there are so many unknowns you know so for example uh, we are not so sure how much remote detailing is going to stay uh we are not too sure what are the characteristics of a doctor who wants to consume uh, digital content much more than others uh, how do you uh, launch you know new brands uh, without physical interventions um, you know uh, do can i build customer journeys when i don't own the data you know and i have to rely on partners so i end up doing only customer touch points but i am unable to build journeys uh, and then basic question like i don't have enough data you know about my customers to actually reach them uh, the way i want to reach so i think to to solve for all of that uh, there is there are a lot of other interdisciplinary work that is required analytics you touched upon uh, i think those those uh, streams data science the way it can play behavior science the way it can play uh, and how they come together you know is something which uh, would make a big difference so i would say because of covid the context is no no longer what traditional marketing you know always required to focus and be long term focused for the big brands it's gone beyond that and probably the change is happening faster than what the pharma industry is prepared in that context nobody had envisaged out how covid could impact and that is impacting the way brands are i mean so for example uh, within our organization as well Uh, when you see performance of certain brands many a times we are also not sure why the brand did so well so you are surprised many a times and many a times you are disappointed because you are way off from what you had thought and we are all way off in many of our uh, you know plans and that's where the question is that we probably don't have the right frame anymore because of the context that's changed so much right right one of the things uh, I, what i uh, also gathered when i talk to business leaders and heads like you is that the performance metrics has obviously changed quite substantially what was in the pre covid era and the covid era so the classical model of call frequency call average you know efficiency driven model gave way to the effectiveness model in terms of adoption shifts you know the adoption curve is here you know is here early majority all that has gone out of the window and now you have a very volatile a vuca kind of a world in the last 15 16 months where simply as you said you're not able to track customer journeys you're just doing some touch points you don't know whether remote detailing will work there's an overkill on webinars so how is how is this whole piece getting handled uh, you know uh, you know do you think the marketers are able to do this or they're just kind of fiddling and trying a trial and error how, what is your take on it because this is really a very difficult time when i talk to because and that's what we need some kind of a clarity is if you can i mean if you, if i don't know i don't have the answer honestly yeah. there are experiments that are happening uh, of course there is conviction behind them uh, and if you have done some pilots then that strengthens conviction uh, so we are all going with that uh, right now uh, and i think there is a there's a way to go in terms of the quality of data and you know basics right uh, so what you are saying is probably still next level there is a lot of groundwork which is which has been missing historically and hence a lot of catch up in that sense so companies right. which have done a good job of you know having the basics in place can build on it correct um, but yeah i think there is a way to go uh, 
there but i i think it should definitely the use cases should be simple enough to pursue uh, too complicated and you know a few far sighted uh, use cases in our view uh, don't yield much it should be able to you should be able to resonate with it intuitively as well right. and i think that's where uh, you know companies like uh, you know our company is trying to focus on doing fewer things but doing them right and doing them well enough and take them to the right scale that you can see the impact of that right so what i essentially saying is doing the right do it small number of things but do it effectively enough so that you can impact and you can cause it at scale is what you're saying right right because okay. there are too many variables out there so when you do too many things anyway anyway you cannot control all variables right if you are things you can at least control a few and assess right. the remaining and right. that helps to strengthen your conviction and you can fund it appropriately right right um i come to the second piece uh, sumit which is the piece of commercial excellence which is again is something which is very hot which has been a hot subject in the industry but many companies across the board have different understandings and connotations around the piece of commercial excellence the multinationals get it in a very different way whereas if you look at the indian organizations the large and the well built emerging ones look at it from a salesforce excellence standpoint or some of them look at it from an analytics standpoint some of them look at it from just an efficiency so um my question is uh we have been hearing a lot about the big data piece the analytics piece uh how do you see marketers especially brand managers marketing heads in our industry uh you know use this data analytics piece well enough in brand building processes and taking decisions on their brands because uh, this is something which is is inevitable it's going to move in that direction is what we see but still there is a lot of inertia or sluggishness what's your take on it what do you think Yeah, so shellish data can uh, play a role in at every level marketing business decision making all of that um but i think there is too much um, i mean at least what i sense from after talking to people around is that there is too much emphasis on uh you know building your own data uh, with your customers uh, which is uh, unfortunately difficult to scale because we have to recognize that the customer behavior is not something you can influence Uh, but you can definitely follow the customer wherever he is going uh, so there is a lot more need to rely on partners uh, than what industry seems to be prepared for uh, well what it means is to let go of a lot of control that you so desire uh, in the relationship uh, and important to recognize that there are parts of the relationship which you want to keep as core but then there are parts of the relationship which you have to let other somebody else form uh, you know and that's that's a natural way and as incumbents in the industry i think the sooner we recognize that uh, the easier it is for you know one to build the new future uh, otherwise we end up holding on to what we think uh, is ours and traditionally was ours so you know how can you allow somebody else to come in right. so that sense of that perceived sense of loss Uh, is very high for you know large organizations right. uh, when it comes to data and it comes to uh, relationships um, i think there is a need to come around that uh, and whatever it takes you know i think organizations such as yours can play a critical role right uh, as neutral bodies to make people understand right. um, that if you don't do anything because of what you think is yours anyway it will not remain so you know might as well <laughs> correct Uh, right. uh, no, absolutely well said. So very well said. Yeah, but uh, this is this is what is uh, like uh, you know very apt. Um, 
when we talk to uh, in, industry insiders, right, what we see is first year they are struggling to fix the data. So the data cleaning part, the data gathering, collation, cleaning part is one. But second is also organizing that data in the manner that it can let itself to analytics piece on which you have a platform that can churn out data and create those, you know, those uh, very good, uh, you know, data sets which are meaningful and in the right way, which, uh, you know, help organizations take decisions on critical issues. I mean, we are looking at, we are, as we work with partners, actually, including my organization or with our data analytics partner based out of the US, we realize that there are areas around optimization of resourcing or probably, you know, looking at go-to-market models, et cetera. So, so I think what you're saying is get the fundamentals fixed first and then probably get on to the other piece, which is going to take some time. Till then, I think it is still off right yeah but i'm not saying it's in sequence uh, because there are few things which can be done in terms in sense of the go-to-market models uh, while others need data fixing so i think i mean these exercises have to go in parallel otherwise you know you cannot sequence them because there will there will be a new set of challenges a year down the line two years down the line right work has to happen on all fronts i would say absolutely absolutely I come to the piece of today's convergence of tech and health and no better person than who understands digital and the disruption of the model pharma business model has happened extensively over the last five years as I have been tracking the industry and our organization. The intersection of tech and has health has caused disruption in the pharmacy chains business. It's caused disruption in the telemedicine thanks to COVID, which has been the biggest disruptor. You see, you've had a uh, lot of telemedicine uh, you know consultations happen you have seen disruption in the supply chain piece of the industry you have seen disruptions in the manufacturing piece you are seeing disruption all around my question uh, is with so much of disruption and nibbling away at all parts of the piece which is seen at various levels how is this going how where do you see this i mean the standard business model of pharma has totally, you know, is, is undergoing a, a, a transformation and digital obviously is playing a large piece. So how do you see this panning out? I mean, because pharmacy chains are 23 to 5% of our overall industry and they are big. They have significant leveraging power. Now you see consolidation happening. You see consolidation happening in the supply chain disruption level. How do you see all this? And this is inevitable or this is the new normal? What's your message? I mean, how is this? Because when we speak to industry leaders, you know, it's great. I, I, I would like to hear because you are a you know, person who puts uh, the digital piece right up front there. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, uh, Shailesh, I, uh, you said a lot of things that are getting disrupted. Um, uh, I think at the heart of it, uh, the, the center of gravity is shifting from the doctor to patient. You know, patients are wanting to control their health a lot more than before. And the role of doctor exists. Um, but I think it is getting more and more functional. You know, it was a very emotional uh, relationship earlier between patient and doctor slowly getting more functional because there's not everything that a doctor can solve for. And there are other stakeholders in the ecosystem which uh, had to uh, come in the play and they have come in uh, in the recent times. Um, having said that, uh, you know, if, if the fundamentals are there that you, you need to 
be closer to your patients as much as possible you'll find ways around it you know and whether it is through e pharmacies or from the uh, distribution consolidators or with you know the doctor community at large um, one has to keep it simple enough that it can be executed at a smaller scale solved for and then scaling up will be a tech nightmare but uh, i think uh, the use case uh, has to be very very clear and what are you solving for there are you shortening the uh, are you are you improving the length of therapy by improving patient compliance through what i right. do absolutely or you are uh, reducing the ch- or you are improving the chances of uh, repeat follow up from patients to their doctors uh, you know or are you you know massifying taking from a specialist to a, a generalist so if so if the use case is clear you know then it's a matter of time how you crack it uh, and then the other factors that are around us will remain and i think it will remain in a in a flux for times to come uh, we have big big players entering the space uh and one has to uh, probably find ways to come closer to the value network that's around us rather than stick to our own value chain i think that's the message which you know i also found this phrase pretty interesting that you know we are not looking at our value network enough we are still concerned about me my customer my patient but there are so many other players uh, around which the network needs to be formed and the early on that we start collaborating uh, the better for the organization very well said sumit very well said you have been a passionate advocate of digital transformation and i i have heard you say you know when i have seen uh, in various forum pharma has been honestly and i truly believe that has been a laggard in a way to adopt digital till it was thrust on us thanks to covid the physician community was always digitally savvy i believe because when i used to interact they would do everything on medline and everything is us that ever not moving and so we think it's a great thing that now you know we're doing so and the second piece i mean you are from the industry and you could choose to answer i as i asked uh, i wanted to ask you i'm still seeing random acts of digital like a darts game and i know your smile indicates that and i know you, <laughs> you know why do we behave like this i mean why is the i mean what is your take on industry why is it we are not able to think coherently you have digital champions like you and a lot of other people why is it that our industry is not is it is it a lack of conviction or is it because of the inertia why does the industry behave like this i just want to know from an internal plus an external observer and you can be as honest you choose to be or you know it's a it's a question so i'm not trying to do an arna bond you so don't worry so <laughs> shailesh you are in a better position you are yeah. seeing the industry from a hands lens yeah. and uh, you may be in a better position to comment why there is fascination with the shiny toys in digital right world. right but uh, yeah so i think it's a temptation it's a temptation because some shiny toys can move some metrics which help uh, but uh, i think organizations are smarter than that uh, you know some things may be done for whatever reasons for you know, optics or uh, some relevance uh, internally Uh, but by and large i think there is a recognition that uh, we, we don't know enough to solve the problem right um, and, and i cherish you would also say, you know agree that even consultants don't have answers you know, so if if it was said that no there is a parallel out there here and there which you can replicate that's not the case either you know like this model is so different the pharma model in india particularly so why when nobody has an answer then playing darts is not a such a bad thing and let me start by saying that Uh, of course one needs to know from what distance and what you are aiming at um, and i think organizations uh, 
have that maturity to i think at least internally acknowledge that we don't know enough uh, well i can understand outside world will not uh, know of that but uh, i think it's a good starting point to say that i don't know enough in fact even if you look at my type of profile uh, i am not a digital native you know i have moved from other roles into this role uh, so while i can uh, i can be a good translator i can appreciate how businesses have to move uh, leveraging digital there are nuances within digital which uh, i struggle and it's easy for me to say i don't know but then there are team members of mine who struggle because they are supposedly experts in those domains and uh, then they have to live up to it and they we end up taking a decision sometimes which is based on somebody's judgment and that could that may not always be uh, the most uh, well rounded uh, you know judgment available um, so yeah so there are experiments happening shelish and why not i think uh, doing uh, smaller dart games is much better right now uh, you know so uh, those smaller experiments i think need to go on i think if they are not done the conviction will not arise in organizations sure. and one company needs to crack one use case and the others would then take lead and replicate but then that first mover has to do you know uh, those things that are required and at sipla we believe that we are that company honestly i mean you may be aware that you know sipla has been doing so many uh, yes. even historic yes. so we are firm believer that you know we are not uh, married to a structure we are not married to one way of doing things uh, and actually i am very amazed and impressed at the kind of work that has happened earlier uh, simply because we uh, you know challenged every assumption of the industry long before others were willing to do so so that helps that helps in keeping the agi- agility alive even in these times right right um sumit so uh, traditionally the marketing model has evolved from obviously the plain generics vanilla commodity model to the brand building model in the early late 90s and 2000s to the services model where customer centricity was the paramount thing to today organizations saying that it's not just the pill pill plus integrated disease management approach whatever you may call it and then finally getting into the realm of customer experience right which ultimately is what digital creates that powerful customer experience and we see examples yes there are examples of excellence i think in your own organization when we see the beirok zindagi of for asthma is one attempt to drive that level of experience creation in digital um how mature is uh, you we have one use case here you rightly said you believe you're a, a firm believer that this will only gather pace in our industry now that we are getting our acts together on digital we're creating more of the experiences so i just thought no well, absolutely shadish uh, uh, we are a firm believer in it and that's the reason we have invested behind such you know large scale campaigns over years um having said that we also realize that in the patient funnel we are only playing uh, on the awareness side right. uh, with beirok zindagi and um, our intent is to you know go further in the funnel uh, so we will play this game much more deeper going forward uh, and i'm sure we are not the only ones i mean there are many examples in the industry for their respective therapies uh, where they have a certain position in the market uh, many companies are attempting this uh, you know we are all aware of those cases and Uh, rightfully where there is a right to win i'm sure you know organizations are thinking hard uh, but yeah we are firm believers uh, and at that start from the top you know our organization from the top believes in uh, you know patient centricity 
uh, caring for life is our mission statement and uh, you know we live it every day and so it's a very different experience being part of an organization that takes pride in the purpose you know that uh, we carry so yeah i don't know if i answered your question but no no but uh, i get answer the question yourself so i am just adding to it to say that no, no. he shared the conviction very much very well the sales force is the largest channel for the any industry or uh, any company in our industry and that's had been and the sales force time and the face to face calls has actually taken a beating in the last 15 months where digital has had to step in and fulfill the requirements of meeting customers doing remote detailing etc and so we had these uh, new words getting coined and bandied about like digital which was basically physical plus digital etc and i know again you're smiling it's great where do you see this in uh, now and as you've said and i've heard you say also and i and i truly believe what you say right that habits are formed in the digital space right once you have a habit like for example today net banking has become a habit paytm has become a habit netflix has become a habit so as consumers we are making that automatic transition to the digital way of doing and living our lives and transactions and pharma will move eventually but this digital thing about physical and digital and obviously riding on the sales because that is the biggest driver of the do you think once these you know the this situation lands to normal will it again come back physical or you think no i think the behaviors now such customers are comfortable doing the digital piece we are comfortable how do you see that panning out over the next say 6 months to a year just your thoughts around it sorry i don't have uh, i i'm not sitting with a crystal ball or here so it will not go back to normal for sure that that's i think uh, given uh, considering the the extent of covid impact we have seen and the times to come uh, how much will it come back to earlier times is anyone's uh, you know guess uh, but i think most companies are prepared to uh, be you know at least let's say a 40% impact of the whole uh, digital wave that we are seeing during covid so utna to impact ho gayi hoga that's a given i mean that's a given and for which i think many companies are preparing themselves Right. What eventually happens, nobody knows. But um, if you just look at simply, Shadish, the demographic profile of doctors that are shifting, the number of uh, doctors passing out, you know, from college, uh, I think there is a rapid shift in the demographic profile itself. Forget about you know other behavioral shifts which are happening for all age groups, etc. Uh, and you know the penetration of mobile phone, 5G coming in from Reliance. I think all of these environmental shifts are only accelerating. Uh, yes. this whole shift so right. there is little question around you know how to extend of it um, uh, so yeah but i think still there there is this word digital you know miss much used abused uh, over the years <laughs> uh, within the industry also uh, has been a concern because sometimes digital is seen as a magic wand which it is not yeah. Uh, i mean in fact uh, in one ecosystem itself getting insights and driving behavior is tough but if you're having a physical infrastructure elsewhere and digital infrastructure elsewhere combining the two and making sense is a separate ball game uh, so i mean we, we are trying to decipher it at a little more uh, basic level first yeah and um, it's a journey i mean this is not going back to normal days in any case so whatever you build now Uh, would be uh, game changing for the industry and uh, companies which many companies may crack it in their own way you know some of them who who think that uh, you know productivity of doctors is the is the area where i want to uh, use the digital approach 
uh, towards some which want uh, more num- more more number of impressions of their content to be created with their doctors uh, and because they are in different context altogether yes. Uh, yes there will be many winners i would say depending upon therapies uh, but yeah the, the tech problem is uh, yet to be solved it requires a lot more investment Uh, there is still an expectation of uh, magic somewhere around the corner uh, which i think needs to go away uh, you know and digital is underrated in the long run in most cases uh, and in the short term it's the opposite so there is a lot of high expectations uh, to turn around uh, but i think we have also as an organization evolved around it and we have seen you know success uh, with our field forces uh, enabling them digitally in these times uh, having to you know uh, improve their productivity in this interim uh to now directly engaging with doctors and seeing value of our investments so there is a deep conviction right and that helps to uh, you know take some of this work forward right when you say that there is a deep conviction yes and i see that because as an organization you are committed to the cause and, and that's there uh, but when you talk to when you talk to colleagues is this now a getting into a area where yes this is here to stay so this is not a passing fad but it is obvious that you know it's going to move into the realm of digital yeah. something that you yes. really are convinced yeah so i think intellectually we are there everybody uh, emotionally the journey everyone is traveling is traveling yes you know, everyone faces the trend of digital and uh, doctors are no exceptions and uh, my colleagues are no exception we are all you know part of the same uh, journey um so if you look at adoption of electronic prescriptions and teleconsultation that tells you that there is a question also on the digital maturity of the customer maybe there is a hope that things will go back to normal you know for many of the doctors who probably found it easier in earlier times simply because they were not exposed to other ways of doing things uh, with a prolonged set of waves you know that will that will change and uh, it's a matter of time when you get prepared for a new behavior which you never imagined uh, a large customer segment would be displaying right uh, but yeah we are in the midst of it uh, but it's uh, it's challenging it's challenging for everybody right um we're coming and i have just a last couple of questions sumit because this has been quite interesting and thanks for your time uh when pharma manager product managers of the industry yesteryears used to be you know evaluated and selected on certain skills and competencies set right communication strategizing analytical skills blah 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 in the new normal what do you think would be the new skill sets that you believe as an you know as an industry insider that brand managers will need to adopt and internalize if they have to be successful in this new digital era anything else any other functional skills you think are required because you interact with brand managers i'm sure connectivity yeah. so uh, digital tools definitely are something which are you know part and parcel of expectations so okay. there is no longer a digital manager around a brand manager brand manager okay. is supposed to be the the new digital brand manager okay so there there is a shift in expectations for sure there um at, at the same time uh, i think uh, the value of inciting uh, you know is is m- more important than ever before uh because we are expecting a lot more agility in, within the organization and that will only come when we know what's going right and what's going wrong so uh digital tools inciting abilities and uh uh uh, uh i was saying something else i slipped my mind uh 
um, yeah, I'm not getting what I was saying. The third thing, getting that. Yeah. But digital tools but, and definitely inciting is something that uh, will be required. I mean, we are expecting okay. a lot more of that uh, from the teams. Were you probably agility? I was talking agility. Agility. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So agility, digital tools, and um, inciting. Inciting piece of it are the three critical. Agility is the behavior we are looking into. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But that behavior will only come when it is backed by data, which means you know one has to be. able to insight uh, get insights as to what worked in the previous campaigns right. uh, without digital tools one will not be able to because right. more than half the work is pure play digital right now for every digital brand for every brand manager wow or so almost half the work now um, okay uh, if you're looking for a metric like that uh, let me put let me not put a number okay no problem yeah. but there is a lot of emphasis on uh, you know going that path uh, okay because see in the physical world most of the campaigns Uh, do not find the light of day, right? Because of the lockdown, etc. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's the digital sense campaigns which have actually moved ahead and uh, are also getting us results. So right. the shift towards going purely digital in terms of tools is unprecedented. All right. All right. So this is this is one uh, sets of attributes that the new brand managers will have to obviously display, adopt, internalize. Whether they like it or not, right? Because tools, agility, because it's it's, it, it's a given. It's a given. It's a given. Where my last question, uh, Sumit, is uh, how do you see the state of marketing in our industry, say, in another twelve to eighteen months from now? I know I'm not asking you to look into a crystal ball, but given the current scenario, given the way digital transformation, every organization is at different pace. of digitalization or transformation how do you see it panning out over the next 12 to 18 months uh, you know given the fact this is going to be around for a while with intermittent lockdowns and you know opening up etc yeah uh, so i think um, segmentation and targeting has been a fundamental issue in marketing earlier right uh, and that will get a lot more sharpened so micro segmenting and micro targeting would be possible and digital allows you to Right. Um, so whether it is on social media, whether it is on uh, doctor networking platforms, or directly through your own platforms, um, you know that ability to uh, sharpshoot messages based on you know target group uh, would help to you know do the belief shift shift that you know one is doing for your doctors. Right. Uh, um, so I think that data and the digital tools required, uh, you know, when the adoption happens, you know, this is going to improve big time the STP part of. Uh, the planning uh, in marketing right um, and i would assume that big brands uh, will be much bigger there will be fewer brands within a molecule um, so the play will be between uh, you know the top players within a molecule rather than the tail the tail would have to decide to exit sooner or later yes uh, and you will have to choose you know what their areas of strength are and where they have a right to win and once people make those choices and that will take time because i guess still there is a lot of misplaced confidence around brands that you know this is my place where i can still make a mark without actually differentiating uh, much uh, because we've been a generic industry for far too long you know so there is a hope that um, things will get back no no there is a market these three states always give <laughs> me business you know irrespective of what happens so there are so many uh, yeah. patterns of the past which don't go uh and you don't know how it will take a turn but definitely a lot more 
a bigger brands at a national level will start playing out and uh, when the the bets are bigger amongst the bigger brands uh, then the adoption of you know little more uh, practices of other industries you know will will come in because the stakes are higher the stakes are higher yes the stakes are higher because you have to now start choosing where you want to play i think earlier people were playing left right and center and getting more <laughs> results everywhere no longer you know that that game will work uh, so people have to make choices i understand industry in the industry lot of uh, smaller players also will get integrated consolidation at player level brand level uh, is up to happen in the next few years and all of that will give shape to the way marketing is done right and just to round off our discussion subit when you were talking about the patient funnel obviously in terms of the digital journey and touch point is you only companies are doing it from an awareness but there's also a lot of an opportunity to do it in terms of the adherence programs in terms of the you know the, uh, the pro in terms of diagnostics and in terms of other stuff as well right and i'm sure the work must be getting done in that place as well yeah shailesh i would assume that any company uh, you know serious about the therapy and a leader would right. look at the entire funnel and sooner or later you know there will be uh, announcements for each part of the funnel because eventually we all want to join the patient journey uh, that it's not that easy to do it at scale and uh, right. But yeah, that's the endeavor I'm sure for uh, many large organizations. Very yeah. nice. So, me, it has been an absolute pleasure to interact with you. Although it's been my first time, thanks a lot. Um, I I really enjoyed uh, the interaction in its brief sense because there were some questions which I probably uh, put which you were uh, you know you managed to answer very well. But all. But Shailesh, you have been a great host. You have been asking me <laughs> uh, questions which you know uh, will only come from wisdom. and you have uh, you know asked them very neutrally but uh, sorry you know i have not been able to answer beyond the point no, 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 there are no right no no it's absolutely fine no no it's absolutely fine it's it's first of all great to connect with you for the first time on a platform like this because i have seen you uh, talk on other platforms as well and i was to be very honest i the clarity of thinking and sticking your neck out in certain areas is absolutely clear because if we want to be change agents you've got to first stick our neck out and take a position on it and i think you do that you've done it and so you're on a neutral platform like this and i appreciate uh, your viewpoints uh, sumit second i think what i really loved about is the some of the key notes that you have uh, points that you have mentioned which uh, i have which obviously i will you know i feel that our audience of brand managers and marketers will certainly benefit in what you're talking about and the third important piece is that you know it's an evolving journey so it's not going to be a you know fixed kind of mind so it's going to be evolving people are iterating at their own pace but what you have said holds hope that uh, this is change for for a good time to come and not just a reversal with new habits thank you so much sumit for your time uh, pleasure pleasure thank you sherish thank you no, and we will stay in touch and uh, thank you very much stay connected stay safe thanks a lot for your time thanks bye 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 good day